and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. A podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history behind them. My name is Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. So, throughout my sophomore year of college, one of my go-to snacks was apples and peanut butter. Okay, yes, sometimes it was apples and Nutella, but often it was apples and peanut butter. From gluing my mouth shut in elementary school to being sorely missed while I was living in Germany, peanut butter has been a staple in my life. I'm serious, though. In Germany, if you could get your hands on some American peanut butter, it was gold. And you had to ration it. It was almost as precious as the Biscoff cookie butter. With that one, we had zero self-control, though, so... In my family, peanut butter was also a must-have whenever we were having pancakes or waffles with maple syrup. It may sound weird, but I think it is delicious. Also, we just missed it, but this week on January 24th was National Peanut Butter Day. So happy National Peanut Butter Day! Turns out that peanuts and peanut butter are actually pretty much staples in 94% of U.S. households, so much so that the U.S. is the third largest producer of peanuts, with Texas and Georgia leading it out in the States, and the United States is also among the top consumers of peanuts, and half of those peanuts go into peanut butter. China and India are our top two performing peanut-producing countries in the world, though with China producing 17 million metric tons of peanuts. Very impressive. And we can't talk about peanuts without talking about George Washington Carver. So for today's podcast, let's get a little nutty and talk about peanuts and how George Washington Carver used planting peanuts to save all of the soil in the South, pretty much, agriculture, definitely, and to save the soil of countless black farmers in a newly post-Civil War America. I definitely thought that this was the case growing up, but I have since found out that George Washington Carver did not actually invent peanut butter. I thought he had. He invented 300 other uses for peanuts, just not peanut butter. So, if it wasn't Carver who created peanut butter, who was it? Well, turns out that the peanut plant itself has been the object of human tinkering for thousands of years. Speculations figure that the peanut plant probably originated in Peru or Brazil. These assumptions are based on the evidence found in decorated pottery and jars that look like they were made in the shape of peanuts or decorated with pictures of peanuts from about 3,500 years ago. In about 1,500 BC, the Incans used peanuts for sacrificial offerings as well as using them when they were entombing mummies. The peanuts would go along with it for part of the journey in the afterlife. Tribes in Brazil would also use ground peanuts mixed with maize to create a type of drink. Europeans stumbled upon peanuts when they started exploring South America. The Spanish found peanuts as far north as Mexico and took them with them back to Spain. From there, peanuts began to spread across the continent and on to Africa and Asia as well. As far as peanuts getting their start in North America, however, we have Africans to thank for their introduction of the peanut in the 1700s. By the 1800s, peanuts began to be a major crop in the United States, first grown in Virginia and used for oil as well as for a cocoa substitute. Spending most of its early life in the South, peanuts were considered the poor man's food and were difficult to cultivate. However, after the Civil War, peanuts got a boost in popularity as Union soldiers found the little nuts and took a liking to them and began taking them home with them to the northern states. 
Peanuts were a good source of protein and continued to grow in popularity, helped along by Mr. P.T. Barnum of his traveling circus. Get your hot roasted peanuts! That cry became the cry of the circus tent, and that further spread the love and the popularity for roasted nuts. Soon the love spread from the circus tents to the baseball fields. Peanuts were still difficult to harvest, however, as it was done by hand. In the 1900s, equipment came along that made peanut harvesting much easier. When the boll weevil became a huge threat for cotton crops in the South, Dr. George Washington Carver suggested the planting of peanuts. Peanut plants revitalized the soil and saved the livelihood of farmers and became a rival to cotton crops in the South. These days, peanuts are the 12th most important cash crop in the United States at a value of $1 billion, with Americans eating more than 6 pounds of peanut products per year. Peanut butter itself makes $850 million per year in the United States alone. From peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to all sorts of sweets, roasted nuts, chocolate and peanut butter, and peanut oil, there are loads of uses. And, fun fact, peanut oil is considered particularly high-quality oil to cook with because it can withstand high cooking temperatures and does not retain the flavors of other foods that have been cooked in the oil. I did not know that, probably because I'm more of a baker. Peanuts are typically planted in the spring and harvested in the fall. The peanut comes from when the yellow flower of the plant bends over into the soil, and once it's there, the flower starts to wilt, and from that, the peanut starts to grow. From wilted flowers. Who knew? But what about peanut butter? Well, it looks like the Incas and the Aztecs used roasted peanuts and would turn that into a paste, so they got us started. But if we're talking modern peanut butter, however, then we want to take a look at Marseilles Gilmore Edson of Canada, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, and Dr. Ambrose Straub of Missouri. In 1884, Edson patented peanut paste, and later, in 1895, Kellogg patented a process for making peanut butter. His attempts were originally for the purpose of making a food high in protein that could be eaten by those who could not eat solid foods, specifically for the patients of Battle Creek Sanitarium, which was a spa for a variety of different problems. Straub patented a peanut butter making machine in 1903. Kellogg had the right idea with peanut butter. It turns out that peanut butter is a great source of protein, several vitamins, and more. He was adamant about using plant-based foods to replace meats. In fact, during Meatless Mondays during World War I, peanut butter became a great substitute for meat. At first, it was something only for the wealthy, but later, peanut butter became more accessible. Peanut butter was also popularized by the idea of using it to replace meat, as suggested by one ad from 1908 that claimed that 10 cents worth of peanut butter had six times more energy than a steak. Whether or not that was true, the sentiment stuck, and peanut butter stuck around, also lasting through the Great Depression. In 1922, Joseph Rosefield came up with a process for making smooth and crunchy peanut butters, using partially hydrogenated oil to keep the peanut butter from separating. Before that, store owners and anyone who had peanut butter would have to make sure that they stirred the peanut butter regularly. Rosefield licensed the machine to Peter Pan, which is a peanut butter company, and later he began creating his own peanut butter under the brand name Skippy, which you might know. What's fun to learn for, well, like American food in particular, when we have so many substitutes and the like, is that it is great to know that peanut butter must contain 90% peanuts 
like 90% of it's got to be peanuts in order for it to be labeled as peanut butter. So that's great. I don't know about you, but every time I read the juice contents in my juice, I am severely disappointed. But I will not be with peanut butter, so that's great. It would be impossible to talk about peanuts without talking about one of the most prolific inventors of our time and the most prolific black scientist of the early 20th century, Dr. George Washington Carver. On YouTube, on the U.S. National Film Archives channel, there is preserved digitally in the National Archives, you can see footage of George Washington Carver in his apartment, at his office, and in his lab. You can enjoy footage of him knitting, showing off some of his beautiful paintings of flowers, and tending to his own garden. And it is ever so endearing and so fun to watch. Although he did not invent peanut butter, he did invent 300 uses for peanuts, including everything from shampoo and glue to shaving cream, paper, and chili sauce. In his dedication to improving the black farmer's status, he found peanuts to be a key crop for revitalizing the soil. When black Americans were freed and gained plots of land, these plots were often plots of land that had been sucked dry of all nutrients from previous farmers of cotton crops, in addition to these farmers being indebted to white plantation owners. Carver expressed his goal when he entered Tuskegee Institute in Alabama as, quote, coming here to Tuskegee solely for the benefit of my people, and he achieved his goal. The cotton would deplete the soil of its nutrients, but landowners would forbid black farmers from planting food crops. So, Dr. Carver's solution? Peanuts and sweet potatoes. These plants could be grown in out-of-the-way sorts of places and could produce food to feed the farmers' families. Dr. Carver would teach black farmers in county fairs, classes, and conferences. Through Dr. Carver's work, he found that peanuts would be an excellent crop for this soil, would be able to revitalize it, and he promoted the idea. His efforts made peanuts a key part of the American diet. On top of peanuts becoming a main source of food, as well as the aforementioned 300 inventions, Carver helped save agriculture in the South. He was and remains a leader in sustainable farming. It was truly holistic. He was also heavily involved in environmentalism and was named by Time magazine in 1941 as the Black Leonardo. George Washington Carver was born in Missouri around 1864. He was born into slavery. At that time, Moses Carver, who was a German-American immigrant, had purchased George's parents for $700. It's really difficult and ridiculous to say that like it's a normal thing, but it was a thing that happened and it's important to say it and to own it and to be better. When George was a week old, he and his mother and sister were kidnapped, and Moses hired men to go and get them back. Bentley was one of the men that he hired, but he was only able to find baby George. After slavery was abolished, Moses and his wife raised George and George's older brother James like their own kids. I don't know what that relationship was like, but regardless, George had a home that he grew up in for a time. At that time, George was not in a part of town that allowed black people to go to school, so he walked 10 miles to Neosho to go to school. There he met Mariah Watkins as he was staying in a barn overnight and looked for housing at her place. She told him that his name was now George Carver after he had introduced himself as Carver's George. Mariah also told George, quote, You must learn all you can, then go back out into the world and give your learning back to the people. These words were of great importance to George, and from what we can see, he lived by them. When he was 13, George moved to another foster family in order to attend a school there in Fort Scott, Kansas. 
However, he witnessed the killing of a black man by a group of white people, and he thereafter left the city. Carver was accepted to Highland University, but when he got there, he was not allowed to attend because of his race. He moved on and homesteaded a small plot of land in Beeler. Here, he began growing plants and corn, as well as fruit trees and shrubbery. He worked odd jobs for a while, and then in 1888, he got a loan with enough money to leave. Initially, he studied piano and art in Iowa. Etta Budd, his art teacher at the time, noticed his ability for painting flowers and encouraged him to study botany. He was the first black student at Iowa State and went on to receive a Master's of Science in 1896. He was also the first black faculty member at Iowa State. Although he was awarded honorary doctorates from Simpson College and Selma University and later by Iowa State posthumously, Dr. Carver noted that being called Dr. Carver was in fact a misnomer as his highest level of education at that point was a master's program aside from the honorary doctorates that he'd received. In 1896, Booker T. Washington recruited Carver to head the agricultural department of his university, Tuskegee Institute. Carver spent 47 years there. Throughout his lifetime, Carver advocated for crop rotation, the environment, improving people's lives, and so much more. And honestly, watching the YouTube footage of him, you kind of just want to sit down and have a nice little lunch and a chat. <laughs> and he just seems really, really lovely. He was admired by presidents, inventors, and entrepreneurs alike, from Franklin D. Roosevelt to Thomas Edison and Henry Ford. In his time, he appeared before Congress, even amid mocking. He was one of the first black men to appear before Congress and did endure some mocking for that. In his time of fame, he counseled three different presidents of the United States. He started an advice column. He traveled and shared messages about peanuts, racial harmony, and Tuskegee University. The Crown Prince of Sweden came and studied with him for three weeks. He created a museum to showcase his work and saved up enough money to found the George Washington Carver Foundation at Tuskegee University. At that time, and at the time of his death, he donated about sixty or $66,000, which would equate to today's money to about a million. He took Mariah's advice seriously and gave back from what he had learned all his life. Whew, sorry, this one gets me. So there you go. It's a simple little nut with a rich history, with examples of great human invention, as well as some great human resilience and kindness. And it's an excellent reminder that there is so much that can be done with something so simple. Thank you for listening. Hope you all have a great week.